2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
3: Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Good morning and welcome to the Fan Early Morning Show. It's the Wake Up Show. The Wake Up Show presented by 84 Lumber. Put your positive attitude to work at 84 Lumber and you can apply online at 84lumber.com. So, the Steelers were off this Sunday because they played on Thursday Night Football and we all have that memory Ingrained in our heads now because it was quite a catastrophe. But all three AFC North teams played on Sunday. And the AFC North teams, they won. So the Ravens now 10-3. and The Browns 8-5. and And the Bengals have caught the Steelers at 7-6. and Right now the Steelers have the tiebreaker there. But um, we'll see how the Steelers do when they play the Bengals again. Coming toward the end of the season. Just very frustrating, and I had a caller call in a couple weeks ago before the Cardinals and the and the Patriots game, the Steelers played in, and I was talking about how the rest of the season has a very winnable schedule. I believe it was uh, Troy from Mount Washington who called in and said, or it was Ted from Mount Washington that called in, and he said that the, don't put the cart before the horse. Steelers still got to focus and and stay with it. And the Steelers obviously did not stay with it. And so now here we are, and I didn't get a chance to react on Friday. so I don't work on Fridays right now. So uh, this is kind of my chance to react to a lot of that. And I'll take your calls. If you want to uh, run anything by me, you're welcome to it. 412-928-9370. You can also talk to me on X at callous underscore three. That's C-A-L-L-A-S underscore three I'll take your messages on there. And I'll take your phone calls again. 412 928 9370. Mike Tomlin's head is being called for at this point. And I think that a lot of that is justified because he is. He's just. He makes all the decisions, or it's told to the public that he makes a lot of the decisions that happen within the team. So I think that as you find yourself frustrated with this team. As the long week, you know, gruels on, like, it sucks that they lost on a Thursday and now we have to wait till, I think they're playing Saturday games here coming up, but still we have to wait till the next weekend to have them play. So, I mean, it's rough to sit on this and if if you call, if you message me, if you have any comments and you say that Mike Tomlin deserves to be fired, I'm I'm not necessarily going to argue with those outright, because I understand the frustration. They just lost to two two win teams. The Steelers seem to, uh, in the last years, play down to their competition. Like they'll grind out tough wins, then they'll lose a game, like they did to the Browns, where they, you know, they lose thirteen to ten, you know, and then they they go down the stretch where they lose to a couple two win teams. So like, in terms of getting the team prepared, that responsibility does indeed fall on Mike Tomlin. That responsibility indeed falls on the decisions he makes, especially if the organization comes out and says, yeah, no, we trust Mike Tomlin's decisions. That's what he's, that's what he's here to do is to coach and to construct the team or, or, or have a say in constructing the team. So when you have a guy who has that responsibility or is publicly – announced as having those responsibilities, then that's the guy that's got to be held accountable, just flat out. If they can turn the season around, make the playoffs and win a playoff game, I'll still be happy because at the end of the day, it, at the end of the day, it always comes down to those playoff wins and the success uh, of uh, of a playoff run. How deep can you make it in the playoffs? I just don't think that many of us have much faith anymore that they can indeed win a playoff game, and right now they're even in jeopardy of missing the playoffs with two wins like uh, with two losses like that. That that really should have been wins. They sh- They really should have won those games against two win teams. It's just it felt like they should have won. But again, Ted from Mount Washington, wise guy, calls in all the time. Says don't put the cart before the horse. Perhaps the Steelers did. And here we are now with our seven and six and the Bengals, who have turned it around with Jake Browning at quarterback because Joe Burrow is out for the season. Now the Bengals and the Steelers both have seven and six records. Every team in the AFC North is above five hundred again. The Bengals are not buried. They're very much present. The Steelers could afford themselves the tiebreaker advantage if they beat the Bengals. Later on in the season here. But, uh, I mean, they're not in a great position now. Like, they had control of a lot. They lost to the Browns, and that was frustrating. But I was still – I mean, I was frustrated with Matt Canada, but I wasn't going to say that Mike Tomlin deserves any immediate hook. And then they won the next game on the schedule, followed by two losses. And there's the two losses of the big one. It's just that's – they're the big ones. You lost to a pair of teams – with two wins. The offense looks like it just looks like it's running the same play over and over. It's like you're playing a game of Madden, and maybe you get a little lazy and you just run your recent plays over and over again. I don't know whose direct fault that is if it's not Matt Canada's, and I find it hard to I find it hard to place blame anywhere but the head coach then at this point. When Matt Canada goes away, okay, then it's Mike Tomlin. I'm not worried about the interim coaches. I'm worried about, you know, who's Mike Tomlin surrounding himself with and how effective can these people be? Doug Whaley said last week, it was I think it was an important question, does Mike Tomlin have a say in who the next offensive coordinator is? Doug Whaley said he should be professionally because he is the head coach and he has to work with these guys every day. So he should have a say in who that is. I don't know how much faith I would have in Mike Tomlin to make or have an influence on that hire just because of how the Matt Canada thing went. And the last offensive coordinator that Mike Tomlin wasn't a part of hiring was Todd Haley, and we saw how well Todd Haley did in his time as the offensive coordinator of the Steelers. I'm sure many of us are longing for him to, to, to come back, but that relationship seems kind of frayed. But anyway, it's... It's one of those things where I'm totally fine holding Mike Tomlin, you know, completely responsible and and I understand the frustration of uh, of many of you out there who want to call in or tweet in or text in and say that he deserves to be deserves to be fired. I mean, it, it's not this just it's not acceptable to lose games like they have. It's just not it's it's that's something that like the, the 9 and 8 record should not be what the Steelers strive for. And maybe Mike Tomlin's true. They don't strive for it. The standard's the standard winning is winning. Um they played J V football when they should have been playing varsity football, all that all that stuff that he says is is whatever, but like they seem to always even out to the nine and eight record, and that's not getting the Steelers anywhere. It's not getting the team anywhere. I want them to finish over five hundred by a, a large margin. I mean they could be they could easily be what's the math on that? Nine and four right now on pace with the Ravens still. Those hopes are out the window, though, when you lose very winnable games. And I mean, I get that the the Cardinals and the Patriots are still NFL teams, and that's why the Steelers should not have taken any of that lightly. And the fact that a couple of messages were getting crossed to the public. The defense is saying, no, we were prepared. We were prepared. Everything was good, and we're always prepared. Tomlin gets us prepared very well, and then the On the offensive side of the ball, you got some players saying, nope, we took them lightly. We shouldn't have taken them lightly. So what's the message then? Which one is it? You can't have mixed messages like that as well. And Now there's just a lot of unnecessary conversation surrounding the team because players like to talk a lot, and the talent isn't there to back it up. So we're in a real rough time now as Steeler fans who, again, I mean, they're still in the playoff hunt, so there's still some excitement. But the teams that they lost to to, like, not solidify their place in the AFC standings, the teams that they lost to that may prevent them from making the playoffs this year, like, you need better coaching in there to to, to help get the team over those humps. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but the Steelers usually come prepared to play against the tougher opponents, and then there's a, there are teams that you feel like they should beat, and the Steelers in recent history have not taken care of those teams. And Tomlin deserves, I think, a lot of the responsibility to hold with with how that's happened. For sure. He's gotta set a tone. He's gotta to have the players prepared better against schemes and, and not only not only do the offense not look prepared to like mix it up. And Trubisky is still not the guy I hold that to, but they just they they're not they're not in it. They don't seem like they're in it. You know, as they talk to the public, they don't seem like they're in it when they're in the game. It seems like they go through the motions after a certain point. It's just not—it's not fun to watch. It's exciting because they're still in the playoff hunt, technically. But really, it's, right now, it's not fun to watch. I'm gonna take a caller 9370 Good morning. What's your name? Good morning, old German Rod. All right. What's up? Hey. Uh, did you notice other teams put? second string third string
0: quarterback in and they look fantastic after one or two weeks yep the Steelers can't do that after one week with their quarterback
3: that's right about and that
0: yep we need also to Tomlin to win one or two more games because if he goes seven and ten you're not going to get much in a trade offer and I'm one that <laughs> we might as well trade him off as fast as possible so we got to hope that he wins one or two more
3: buddy sure thanks for the call i appreciate it So Doug Whaley was talking about that, too. Doug Whaley fielded some questions about that, and he said that it's not really a good idea to shop your head coach because if word gets out there that you're going to shop him or trade him, the relationship gets lost and the motivation gets lost, and then you lose leverage, especially if a coach's agent goes out there and says that, you know, that coach is on the market. You lose a lot of leverage by putting that out there, you wait for teams to call you about potential trade offers for head coaches. That's what Doug Whaley said. So I don't know if the Steelers are going to actively shop him. I know there's been a lot of rumors about that, but yeah, yeah. If they uh, if they lose out ten the year, then there's no value for Tomlin in a potential trade. So yeah, keep him, keep him at the no losing season streak um, for trade value. Sure, I, I mean it's yeah, it's. It's something with those trade rumors as well. Um, I don't know how realistic they really could be. Um, I would be fascinated to see it, but I know, as what Doug Whaley said, it's not a good idea for a team to shop a head coach, so they would have to wait for another team to propose the offer, you would think, so that that relationship doesn't get frayed if the Steelers do have any interest in that. I mean, Tomlin can come through, and it seems like he can lead his team to big wins. Which has its value, but against some of these not these not seemingly competitive teams, Tomlin comes in and uh, and coaches his team and to, to a loss. I mean, it's been that way for several years. I think the uh, the 2020 year was the only year that they really came out and started a season strongly like they did, and they went 11 and 0. But then we saw how the season finished out, and that was followed by a couple of in the middle finishes where one ended in a first round playoff exit to the chiefs and the other one ended in barely missing the playoffs 2019 they weren't quite in it 2018 was more exciting and then 2017 was the last year where you thought they could do something but that was the year they lost to the jaguars in the first round so yeah i mean it's it's frustrating I think we may long for these days of consistent mediocrity if we had to go through like several years of losing, but we can't know how close we can get to a championship if we don't make some changes somewhere in the foundation soon. If Mike Tomlin were to get fired, I would be a little surprised, but I wouldn't be upset necessarily because I think he's he's coached some games where you know he's got to take that responsibility and he may deserve to lose his job here soon. It's just because the same results are happening over and over and over again. Middle finishes with first-round playoff exits or no playoffs at all and a season where you could have won more games and you could have got a higher seed, but you didn't because you lost to teams that have two wins. So I have no problem if he's the one held responsible at some point here this season, next season if he gets traded off. I would be I'd be a little surprised based on how the Steelers are loyal to their coaches. But I wouldn't be upset about it. I would think that it's completely justified. Let me take one more caller before I go to break. Four one two nine two eight nine three seven zero. Good morning. What's your name? Hi, uh, Joe. All right, Joe. What's up? Hey, you know I' not sticking up for Tomlin by no means. Because if they were to fire him, I I wouldn't even bat an eyelash. Kind of because I think a change in culture could be good. But do you think if 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 Art Rooney took control and got him some Coordinators and, and a new coaching staff, and kind of took that power a little bit away from Tomlin. I mean, I feel like that could be a change as well. Sure, Joe. Thanks for the call. Um, I think that. I think that when you have a head coach as established as Tomlin, though, that perhaps giving him the opportunity to have coaches that he's comfortable with. Is why they allow him to be in the decision-making process because he's established enough now that you want to give him every opportunity to succeed by giving him people that he is comfortable around. Now, maybe you know, in a vacuum, we look at that and we say, "Well, why not just select the the coordinator for him? Why why not let him have that power?" That could be an excuse too—that if he doesn't work well with the offensive coordinator that they hire, that they're not gonna they're not gonna they're going to spare Tomlin over the offensive coordinator if something goes wrong, if they, if Art Rooney were to, to be invested in that hire. So I think that they want to give Tomlin every opportunity to succeed by letting him be involved in that process out of respect for his tenure, but also because the Steelers don't want to have any excuse. Uh, they don't want Tomlin to have any excuse like, oh, well, we weren't winning because you hired this guy that I didn't approve of. They want him to be in that process so that he's involved in every decision so that when they – do decide to hold him accountable or make a decision to fire him, that they use that as part of the leverage. Like, you know what? You told us that you were going to bring in this guy, and this guy was going to do good things, and he didn't do good things, and you should be held responsible for that decision, so we're firing the OC, and we're firing you. That's that's how I see it. If if they don't – if he's not involved in the process, then Tomlin stays around longer because he can make a case and say, um, yeah – Um, I didn't like this guy from the beginning and this was your decision, not mine. I shouldn't be held responsible for this. You want Tomlin to have every opportunity to succeed because that just builds up the list of items and reasons why you would fire him if you were going to is that you gave him every opportunity to succeed and he did not. So, Joe, that's that's my answer to your question there. Not a bad thought, but that's just why I think that they, they wouldn't do it like that. They want him to be involved as much as possible my name is Nicholas Harry Callis. you're listening to the fan early morning show when I come back um I'm going to touch briefly on the Shohei Otani contract and how it affects sports you'll hear that next right here on sports radio 93.7 the fan
0: call from mom answer it call silenced
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy
3: Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. 23 Silverado, 1500s, up to $7,500 in rebates. Go to sunchevy.com. It's going to be cold today, warmer tomorrow. The high today, 37, low 32, cloudy all throughout the day. Then it's going to be clear tomorrow with a high of 45. That's fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. I got a tweet from Pete, it looks like, on Twitter, who says... That, uh, Callis, you join the 93 7, the fan black and gold mob. Steelers are horrible mantra. Well, when you lose to a couple two win teams, the Steelers are indeed horrible. And if I don't have faith that they're going to make a deep playoff run, yeah, I'm going to say that they're horrible. That's, uh, that's how that goes. Uh, if they win a playoff game, I'll give them a little more leash. But until that happens, not much faith, especially again, when you lose to a couple two win teams and then lose your, uh, leverage in the AFC standings. Yeah, so I'm gonna say that they're horrible for sure. All right, well quick uh real quick baseball talk show. Hey Otani signs ten years, seven hundred million. Um I hear some opinions swirling around that the uh that the baseball is ruined and that's why it's a bad sport because one team gets all the good players. And you might be right. You might be right. Maybe baseball is horrible for that reason, but also what if the Dodgers won at all? Uh maybe that this will put them over the hump, maybe they'll continue to swirl and mediocrity because they're allocating so many funds to one player and this player. I mean, Otani had some arm problems too, and stuff that may hinder him from really still reaching his maximum potential, even though he's done really well, but is he the tipping point for the Dodgers? Maybe, but like, I mean, think about how many players the Dodgers have acquired. I mean, they had Jason Hayward for goodness sake on their roster last year, last season. Yeah. They took him from the Cubs after he got released by the Cubs. They just acquire big names and see what impact they can make. Shohei Ohtani is another big name. How much of an impact can he make for $700 million? That's yet to be seen. I know that's over the projections as well. We all thought maybe $600 million was realistic. Well, now Shohei Ohtani by far the highest paid player, and I think the uh, economics of baseball and sports will start to dip from there because nobody's going to be better than Ohtani for, for a while, so it seems. But – Yeah, I mean, the Dodgers haven't really won anything anyway, so maybe this will be the tipping point. But again, think about how much money they've spent before. All the big spenders don't seem to win regularly, and that's my opinion on that. I'll go into more detail about that later on, but I am fresh out of time.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.